Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of the Snyder Cut. I am your handsome host, Jeff Snyder at the Inn Snyder. And with me today is, I don't, well, I don't know what your actual title is. It's Thad Williams from Collider Video. I don't know what my actual title is either. Uh, you, I, I'm the director of video programming, I guess. He directs, he produces, he's, he's the man. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, you're kind of like dad. And dad always <laughs> get his, his, he always gets overlooked. And so oh. I'm thinking like, yeah, like, let's talk to Thad. I haven't heard from you, buddy. You're not on Slack like everybody else. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I try to stay busy. Uh, I, saw, but... I saw you just uh, turned off your notifications after I slapped you three times in a row. Uh, oh, I turned them off because we were going to start recording, so I didn't okay, want them. I didn't enough. want them uh, dinging while while. That we makes sense. Before. I didn't know if it was me. Um, no, no. Uh, why are you still wearing a mask? Yeah, we are social distancing. I'm three feet away from my computer. Thad's three feet away from his computer. Here, We're six here. feet apart. No, yeah. I will. I'll take it off. I'm wearing, by the way, my Needham soccer shirt from 1997. Wow. Okay, this shirt is older than some of our viewers. <laughs> I wore this when I was 13 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you play any sports growing up then? Uh, I played, I played like like pee wee baseball for a long time. I was terrible. I was usually in the in the outfield, but my dad wanted to coach the team, which was why I think I kept playing because he wanted to be there as a coach. Uh, that was the real reason I was there. I never did youth baseball because early on I did tee ball, and mm-hmm. I would just keep hitting that tee, and the ball would just fall off, and <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did tee ball once, and somehow I still managed to get hit in the face with a ball. I don't yeah. know how that happened. Very dangerous tee ball. Yeah. Be yeah. careful. Yeah. I was never good at anything where you had to hold something like a racket or a stick. Um, anyways, we are here to talk about film and television. So, Thad, like, tell me, how, like, how are you? Like, what are you watching these days? How are you filling your hours, entertaining yourself these days? Well, I'm watching a, I mean, I'm watching a lot. I feel like everyone's watching more than they than they ever anticipated because uh, you know the like I'm, I'm busy here during the work uh, work day I, I'm lucky enough that I'm, I'm you know I'm still gainfully employed and, and having to work during the work day yes. but at, you know at night it's like I'm not going out I'm not doing anything any sort of activities other than you know a bunch of puzzles that are piling up in my, in my living room so yeah, I have puzzles for sale everybody puzzles for <laughs> sale We've, I've started trading them. I've socially distanced with friends and done like ca- contact-free uh, trade-offs of puzzles. So I'm currently doing a Golden Girls puzzle that someone gifted me. Your ger- uh, the germs are still all over. Too. I know it's cardboard. I, I you know you gotta like let it sit for a little while and disinfect everything. Just do the whole puzzle um, with gloves on. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of movie puzzles. We just did 16 candles. Ooh. Yeah. How many pieces in the 16 candles puzzle? Only, only 500. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's a good number. You have to get your hands on some of these puzzles. Yeah. I bought some new Mondo puzzles, actually. Oh, that's fun. Like the, the, the poster that I covet more than any other. There's home, it's, a, it's a poster of the front of the Home Alone house. Oh, nice. And, yeah, they, they, they put out like a thousand-piece puzzle, so that is hopefully on the way soon. Um, all right, so you're watching a ton of stuff, but, like, what is, what is the best stuff that you're watching? Okay, well, all right, so I've been watching a, a ton. Uh, well, so, I mean, there's some stuff that finished up while we began this whole thing. Like I finished up Star Trek Picard, um, finished up Better Call Saul just ended, uh, this season I thought thought was utterly fantastic. I, 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 I'm, I'm still in that camp where it's like, is this better than Breaking Bad or is it only better than Breaking Bad because we know the world of Breaking Bad? Like it's, it's, I know you never, you, you fell off of it in season one, didn't you? Well, yeah, I stopped midway through season one because it was slow, and, and I was like, this what? is no Breaking Bad, but now the mere fact that people are discussing, is this, you know, or, you know, I don't even care yeah. if it's not as good as Breaking Bad, if it's in the discussion, then it's like, shit, I should probably watch it. I mean, if, if for nothing else, like, the, the way that Peter Gould and, and, and the team have created the storylines, the writing on the show, the, you, you feel for characters, even though you know they're their eventual outcome. I mean, it's doing everything right that a prequel should do. 
uh, while still fully engrossing you in new stories and new characters. And, uh, there's been some amazing guest, guest stars and, and supporting cast members over the years. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. I, if, if you're looking for one thing to, to like just blast through while you're in quarantine, I mean, I would recommend that. It's each, each, each season's only 10 episodes. So I think all, all the first four are all, are all on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure AMC is like, you know, giving their programming away right now because I came late to the party on Breaking Bad too. Uh, and I think yeah. I started on I think I started on Breaking Bad in like the middle of season three, and then like binged it all, and then got ready to watch it week to week, like in the last couple seasons. Did you watch any more episodes of Dave? I haven't. I haven't watched. I haven't. Ca- I've watched the first three episodes of Dave. Okay. Uh, I haven't caught up past that. So, what are your uh, initial impressions of of Little Dicky? I mean, I think it's really funny. I I I, I, I love Jeff, Jeff Schaefer, and I love um, you know that whole team. notification. I know. I I, I I muted one Slack. I didn't mute the second Slack. Gotcha. I forget them in two channels sometimes. Um, so, uh, I I yeah, the first couple episodes I felt really really smart, really funny. Um, and you know, I where do you how do you uh, are you comparing it to Atlanta a lot or do you feel like it's Atlanta was a show that I also stopped watching through the first season and I should probably go back to that. Um, You got time, Jeff. You don't have any excuses anymore. Listen, things are, so I was talking with Justin Kroll about this. Things are going to dry up this summer. Yeah. Like we have, we have entertainment now, but I feel like we're going to hit a dry patch soon. And there always is a dry patch in the summer to be fair. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's uh, it could get grim. Could get grim. So, so Better Call Saul and, and I guess a show like Atlanta would be perfect to to go back to. Um, well, I I finished all of Dave. I mean, I just I loved it. I think it's you haven't met like Benny Blanco yet. Do you know? Do you know this guy Benny Blanco? No, never heard of him. All right. uh, it's it's like vaguely ringing a bell, but I don't, he is I, like a like big it. time music producer. Okay. okay, he like has like twenty number one hits. Like Bieber, all these people have worked with him. Gotcha, gotcha. He becomes the character in the show, and he like looks playing himself, like, huh? He's playing himself on the yeah, show. He's playing himself, okay. And he basically looks like Andre the Giant meets Danny DeVito. Okay, so it's, it's incredible. The stature of Andre the Giant. The stature the of Danny DeVito with the oh. face of Andre the Giant. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Okay. The guy is amazing, uh, and uh, yeah, like I would build a whole sh- like spin-off show around him. But I love Gata. You haven't seen Gata's big episode, which is episode five. Gata, what little I've seen of Gata, I loved. So I, I like. I, I, it's a special show. I, yeah, I, I, now that now I think the finale just aired this week, right? So yeah, I think I, nice. I can I can binge it all now on on yeah, exactly. On that's for Hulu. Haven't seen one yeah, it, it's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, did you watch uh, Did you watch the other Hulu shows like Little Fires or uh, Mrs. America? Uh, I am watching Mrs. America. It's really good. I'm two episodes in, so I just watched the Gloria Steinem episode. Okay. Um, yeah, Kate Blanchett's fantastic. Uh, Stephanie really likes it. Like, it's a show that you know, there's common ground. You can both yeah. be like, "This is really good." What'd you think? Uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 liking it. I, I think I'm one ahead of you because I wa- I just watched the third episode, which. Um, was Shirley Chisholm's episode, I think. Okay. Um, Uzo Aduba. Yeah. Um, really, really strong. I, I, I like the, so far, I like the, the, the conceit of focusing on one person in each episode. Um, I, I, I think all the casting is really, really impressive. Tracy I, like, I love Rose Byrne and Gloria Steinem. Tracy, oh, well, Rose Byrne and Gloria Steinem is fantastic. She, yeah. I mean, and she, yeah, she's wonderful. But I love Tracy Ullman. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, anytime you can get Tracy Ullman in, she's she's great. Margaret Martindale is fantastic in everything. Um, it's, I yeah, need Tracy Ullman and Joe Pesci to play a married couple in a movie. You want who? Tracy, Tracy and Joe Ullman. Pesci? Tracy Ullman and Joe Pesci. <laughs> like, okay. I yeah, I would watch that. Rom-com, yeah. Those yeah. two, my God. Uh, all right, what else? What else is, are you watching? Are you watching? Well, okay, I'm like, I'm so confused about these Netflix series. I am not okay with this versus, and never have I ever. What are yeah. these like, young shows? Yeah, I, I haven't started either. I've heard I'm not okay with this is fantastic um, from multiple people in multiple age groups. 
Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I, but I haven't started it. I think my wife might have watched that one already. I forget. I, she started one or one or two of them, and I, I'm not sure. I which can't one. even keep them track. Yeah, exactly. It's like which the one with Sophia Lillis is. That's I am not okay. I am with not this. okay with this. Okay. Never have I ever is the one that just premiered. Okay. And I think Mindy Kaling produces. All right. I think. Think. It's the, um, the never. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Did you now? Did you Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Did you watch the special last night? Oh yeah, yeah. No, we could talk about that, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, I did watch Parks and Rec. I, that's a show I fell off halfway, but I'm yeah. I've been rewatching it lately with Stephanie okay. for the past two weeks. Yeah. Um. So it was great to see a new episode with those guys. What did you think? Oh yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I thought that um, having watched the series all the way through and like the way the way that it ends, I don't want to spoil it for you, but the way that it ends and the, 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 the matchups all the characters do um, to then jump back into that world uh, five years later, I think it is. Um, but I, I thought it was probably easily the best quarantine show thing that's happened so far. I mean, like the first SNL at home I thought was cute, but not funny. Uh, the second episode, I think they figured out how to do it to actually create sketches that weren't just parodies of zoom calls. Right. Uh, so, but this felt, this felt organic and, and it felt like they really had a good footing on, on how it could work. And really it, it's, it was just a well-filmed table read. I felt like it was like they, they, they had a funny script to work from and then, right. They just threw cameras and, and ring lights in front of everybody and, and, and filmed the whole thing. And uh, I, I noticed it was uh, – they gave, they gave the director credit to their longtime editor uh, because he crafted the whole thing and, and, and built the whole show based on all this right. footage. And, and they did a really good job with it. I was, I was really impressed. I thought it was great to see Nick Offerman in that character again. He was, like – he was probably my favorite. It, yeah. that's, it's a tough job because you have to service – 10 characters and then all these other like side characters who everybody loves. Yeah. And of, I don't know how long the special was, whether it was 22 minutes or a full half hour, but uh, right. yeah, I think it's, it's tricky. Uh, did you think that Aziz was marginalized at all? Uh, yeah, I think, I think he was. And I think that that might've been by design. Um, I mean, obviously he's, you know, had his problems uh, uh, in the press uh, in the. But, but the mere fact that he's on this special speaks to the fact that I think he's been accepted. Yes. Back into the community. Yeah, I, th- I think I, like yeah, he wasn't written out of the show. Like they didn't no, say like, was... oh, Tom got hit by a truck. Like they didn't right. do it that way, uh, and they still featured him. But like yeah, obviously they didn't they didn't harp on him too much. Um, and but I th- I thought that the way that they played, I I think if you were watching it without knowing the, the news thing, I don't think you would necessarily say like, Oh, there wasn't a lot of Tom in that. Like, I don't think they, 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 they didn't make it so brief that you felt like it was crazy. Um, You just felt like he wasn't singing uh, when everybody was singing that. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, 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 I I was, I I was kind of singing along on the couch and I wasn't necessarily paying attention to every single I am just laughing, picturing you singing along on your couch. Oh, I mean, always you got to pour one out for little Sebastian. It was, it was, it was was very (laughs) heartwarming and sweet. That's what you do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think it was a lot of fun, and I wouldn't be opposed to seeing other shows, you know, reunite for charity, particularly. You know. Yeah. Well, because I mean, a lot of them have been doing like actual Zoom calls, like like this, uh, just like shooting the shit and catching up and stuff. Right. Um, But there was something uniquely uh, powerful that they were able to re- reopen the writer's room and get all the, get the staff together and write one more episode that I thought really worked. I, Cause I mean, it could have easily gone the other way. Right. Like, you have so many, so many reunions, specials and things that have been happening for decades uh, never really live up to the, to the original. So uh, it could have been a total failure. I was pleasantly surprised that they, that Schur and company pulled it off. Is there anything you really look, okay. Like I was going to ask if there's anything that you're really looking forward to. One of those things for me is Lovecraft country. Did you watch that trailer that just came out? Yeah, I did. That looks awesome. 
uh, I remember when they were announcing that uh, a while back, I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten about it. And then this trailer just kind of pops up um, really like that looks really impressive. Do you know more about the, the did you read the book? Do you know? I didn't really read. No, I didn't read the book. I, I did. I didn't grow up reading Lovecraft. You know, I was more yeah. of a Stephen King kid. Um, but I think that this is the kind of show that HBO could really benefit from, uh, particularly right now. Uh, I imagine it's slated for a summer premiere. I don't know if there was a premiere date on that trailer. I wasn't paying attention if it was like June or July, but I think it was. I think it said summer. Uh, it might be. Yeah, it might be in June. I know. I know Perry Mason starts at the end of June with oh, okay. uh, Matthew Reese, which I'm looking forward to. Things turn over for the network, but uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The idea of Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams working together, Misha Green's really promising uh, young, young t- t- uh, TV creator. So uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks really strong, and 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 yeah, I mean HBO. I, I I'm glad that they're diversifying their programming as much as they are in the wake of Game of Thrones. Like they're trying a lot of a lot of shows. They're doing a lot of limited series. Uh, Plotted Against America just finished, which I thought was really strong. Uh, I watched one episode, and I was like, "This is." It was slow. the worst pilot I've like. It was so slow. It was unbearably slow, and I think. But I think when I watched the pilot, the second episode had already aired. So I had, or people had reviewed the first three or something. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to push through because it's David Simon. I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, and, but that pilot was just hard to get through. And, yeah. and, and cause nothing happened. And then by the second episode, it felt like it started to make sense why they plotted it the way that they did. No pun intended. <laughs> um, because, I felt like it was a lot of character development so that this, when the, when things started to move forward in the second ep, second and third hours, uh, you needed that, that foundation, but sure. it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah. I just, I, it's not something I've given up on. It's just something yeah. I haven't gone back to the same with devs, the same with this. I started devs yet. Where? Huh? I haven't started devs yet. Yeah. I think you just really have to be, in the mood for devs and I don't know that I can be in the mood for it like 10 nights in a row or whatever it is because it also seems like one you can't binge like it seems like each episode is really like a lot to chew on yeah um so yeah you got to be in the right mood dispatches from elsewhere same thing with a Jason Siegel show did you give that a shot no I didn't I kept seeing ads for it during Better Call Saul and I just it does it didn't look it looked a hair too out there for me like I'd have to be in a really really interesting headspace to binge that show or to watch that on and like also in quarantine like i'm sure you're experiencing this like most most viewings uh have to be a compromise uh <laughs> because I, right. like, like it's not like i can wait for like one night a week where my wife goes out with her friends and i'm like home on the couch and can like binge whatever nerdy shows i want to like i have to say like do you want to watch this and then we have to kind of make an agreement so do you guys go to bed together yeah, yeah, we do. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I'm an early riser, but I'm not a late, late night. I, I'm watching TV and from you know nine until one or two in the morning <laughs> because she's asleep, so I get to watch what I want. I yeah. hear, you. I hear you. That's a good idea. I, 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 I've snuck in some time. I'll do it like like when I was watching Picard, I was getting up super early in the morning and watching it like because it would drop on a Wednesday right. night. And Right, I'd come into the office, you guys, and be like, "You guys see Picard this morning?" And I was like, "What do you mean this morning?" Like, "Oh, we got up at five in the morning to watch Picard." And I was like, "What?" I'm an early guy. I'm an early riser. That's that's just my just my nature. Uh, You're wild. You don't you don't watch Westworld, do you? No. Oh, okay. That's another show. Five episodes, first season, and there, I was like, no. I, I I I I can't fault anyone that says they don't want to watch that show. Uh, but I I. Holy enjoy. It's like I, am I, I I know I need to go back and finish Better Call Saul or whatever. But like, am I crazy? Like, these are the those are the shows I've given up on. Better Call Saul, Westworld, Devs. Like, I would say Saul Saul is the one of those three that like, but definitively you need to give a second chance. Right. All right. Now, have, have you been doing any of the movie of rental things? Like, like the like. I mean, I obviously for work you 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 get some early access and stuff, but like these movies that are moving out of theaters and into. Oh uh, no, no one's giving me on access to any of those. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot, Hollywood. Uh, no, I, I bought the gentleman. I mean, I'd already seen the gentleman. So, you know, I, but I did buy the gentleman. I bought uh, the hunt. I hadn't seen that. So okay. Press screening. 
Um, what else did I buy? I, yeah, I buy I buy a bunch of stuff, and I'm renting a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I would say I'm a very healthy iTunes user. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. I got the Apple TV. What do you use? Uh, I've got like my my TV's got a bunch of different apps like programmed in, so I so I could buy stuff from Apple, or I could like I can connect to Prime or whatever. Okay. Uh, I think I, I could buy Apple stuff on Google if I wanted to. I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, uh, I mean, what have I been watching? God, uh, on VOD, I have to update our VOD utility article. I've been putting that off for like three weeks. Um, because <laughs> most of the VOD movies are obviously not that good, you know? They yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously it's, but now for the first time it's like some, it's bigger titles. It's not movies that like never were going to get theatrical. I mean, but it's, it's not, the titles aren't that much bigger. Like the stuff like, you know, the, the Seth Rogen movie, that is going to HBO Max. The the Love Birds with Issa yeah. Rae. That is going to Netflix. You know, right. so like the streamers are kind of picking everything up. BOD is getting the Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, a big deal. And, and so you know, let, let's talk about sort of the war of words that that sort of set off uh, this week because it was pretty wild. Yeah. So you have uh, Universal saying, "Hey, we're we're releasing the Judd Apatow movie," which. You know, I'd been waiting for them to put out a movie for adults, not just these family titles. Sure. Um, that, that's going to skip theaters and go straight to VOD. You know, I think that that movie certainly had a ceiling box office wise. Like, I think Pete Davidson is, you know, going to be a movie star, could be a movie, movie star like the Seth Rogen sort of is. Um, but he's not yet. And, and so, you know, that movie would have been lucky to open to like 12 to 14 million, even with Judd's name. Are you surprised that it's going VOD? Like, what was your initial reaction to that move? I wasn't surprised. Well, all right. So, because you could go one of two ways. You could, you could put it into a very crowded fall, which is going to be like all of the movies that we're not seeing right now. And right. Then, it's, then, then, I do, then I do agree with you. I think it is like a 12 to 14. I mean, I think... I don't know the the numbers, but like, I mean, Seth Rogen wasn't a household name when Knocked Up came out. Right. Steve Carell was was closer uh, for 40, 40 year old virgin. Amy Schumer was closer for Trainwreck. But like, um, I think I think Pete has a large enough name for a decent opening. I don't know if a lot of his fans necessarily would have flocked to opening weekend per se. Um, but in the fall, it would have gotten lost. And so I think your only other option would be like, would they hold it a whole year, which I think is strategically problematic for them because I don't know what other projects Pete's been working on in that, or Judd has been working on that they might want to actually push into the next year. Also, you know, Pete's personal life is always in uh, in free for all and they might not necessarily want to gamble on him being, up for doing press a year from now. Um, so I don't know if it was a combination of those factors or if they just looked at the numbers and said like, eh, I mean, Trolls was a success. Maybe adults want a comedy of their own. Trolls was like not necessarily a success. I mean, $100 million is a nice figure to announce, but the movie right. still cost around $100 million and they still spent around $100 million or $90 million on, on marketing and whatnot. So like... You know, it, while it's not a, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a failure. I'm not going to say that, but I, I don't think it was the roaring success that Universal made it out to be. It's just when you get interviewed by the Wall Street Journal, you have to sort of take a, a victory sure. lap and float. Uh, with regard to, you know, the the Apatow movie, it's like, so I, what is it? So it, it, it right at twenty dollars, Trolls Two made a hundred yeah. million. So that means five million people rented it. Right, five okay. million houses. Right, five million houses. So let's say two and a half million. Let's say half that those uh, that number would rent an Apatow uh, movie, and it gets fifty million. Like, if if you are selling ten dollar movie tickets, you're only getting half that. For, you know, because the other half's going to the theater. Now you don't have to share. Now you don't have to share anything. Um, maybe other than paying like iTunes or, or you know a, a an Xfinity or whatever Spectrum a, a carrier fee for the movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're splitting a fifty fifty. So it's like you're increasing your revenue threefold by putting a movie out on VOD potentially. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think it's financially it makes a lot more sense for for, for that a, movie for a smaller for, movie for like, like, right. like like King of Staten Island. I think 
Trolls, I think, was a was was more of a a push pull kind of situation where they were forced into it, and and it, I mean, a hundred million, obviously, yeah, with all the money that they spent when they thought they were going to theatrical, and then the money that they spent when they switched over and went to VOD, like they they clearly are on the hook for a lot more, and it's a bigger budget film, uh, sequel to a big franchise, all all of that. Uh, so they had to do something, but there, I don't think that that movie will ever be considered profitable in the long run because of all, all of those situ, all the, all those, uh, well, it, what it does is it destroys the downstream ancillary revenues, you true, know, true. So, so like all that other stuff is impacted. It's not like the typical chain that you have from theatrical to home video to whatever. Now it's just sort of, you're shooting your shot all at once. Yeah, well, it was it, but it was a it was a rental, wasn't it? So they could theoretically still offer a purchase, like a like a. I'm not. A, I'm not sure what it probably digital, was. Digital, digital with like the bonus features and all that stuff, like they would normally do for a home video release. I think. I think it was just a rental, but I could. I could be wrong. It could have been. I'm. I'm not sure. I know that. Uh, what, some, one of them just increased it to twenty five dollars. Uh, wow. I think that's for Scoob. For purchase for Scoob, it'll be oh, like in home, per- like you just purchase it outright. Right. So Warner Brothers, I think, was just just made it more expensive, uh, anyways, and maybe that's because Scoob, you know, maybe they think Scoob has a bigger audience or fan base than than Trolls. I don't know. I mean, I, I think in, for a family, twenty dollars was a bargain. Yeah, I do know? too. Like if you're a family of four, I mean, it was going to be way more than that at the movies, anyway. Right. So I think Warner Brothers doing moving it up to twenty five isn't that big a deal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so so Universal announces the Pete Davidson thing. Then yeah. they take a, the next day they take a victory lap for Trolls World Tour in the Wall Street Journal, and in there Jeff Shell sort of indicates, hey, you know, we're going to be releasing movies on both platforms, theatrically and on VOD. And AMC totally loses its shit, Jeez. just like goes crazy and sends like this, you know, basically bans universal movies from AMC theaters around the world, which is a very bold step that is sort of, you know, as I tweeted, it was cutting off their nose to spite their their face. Like this obviously hurts universal, but it's going to hurt the theater owners too when you don't have people coming in for Fast and Furious and Jurassic and uh, Minions. Isn't isn't, isn't No Time to Die Universal this fall? So that's international, yes. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, we saw this, we saw it on a smaller scale when they freaked out about Netflix. Like they, 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 I think, I think NATO has been the other NATO, NATO, the theater organization. Uh, NATO has been freaking out about day and date releases and, and, and all of the, the, uh, the, the in-home viewing, for, for quite a while. And I understand why that they're, why they're worried about it because they do see the potential of it siphoning off their business. And, and maybe they wanted to make a, make a, uh, a, a state, a big statement by, you know, put it, throwing down the hammer on universal and, and hoping that that scares off everybody else from do from following suit. Mm. Um, I do think it's, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a short sighted move uh, on, on the part of the theaters. I think, um, there's, but I also think that it was kind of like a one of those big bold statements that they just kind of had to say uh, to 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 start the negotiations behind closed doors because I could see a scenario where they 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 come to a, a middle ground. Uh, maybe AMC Stubbs m- members get access to uh, to to a couple titles a year. Uh, hmm. I mean, they like there, there's. There are so many other programs that are available because that's because Movie Pass is another thing that AMC and everybody else freaked out about, and then they then we realized the only reason they were freaking out about it is because they didn't own it, and then they created their own versions, and now they're totally happy with the entire model because it's theirs and not somebody else's. So, I mean, there's going to be a, there's going to be a resolution there somewhere. 
I just don't you know. You can't what blame Universal for putting Trolls Two out after they'd already spent all the marketing money and and had right. all the partnerships lined up and stuff. You can't fault them for trying to entertain families during a difficult time. No. I don't think you can fault them for for thinking that you know the math for a theatrical release because again, the old math that we had two months ago is not the like everyone's operating under different financial constraints these days. The math yeah. is completely different, and the math may not add up to spend thirty or forty million dollars promoting a Judd Apatow movie starting starring Pete Davidson right. as much as I love both of those guys and so a VOD uh, release simply makes more sense for that movie and I suspect there's going to be a lot more studio movies where you know they take a look at the books and they're like yeah we can't be spending 40 million dollars marketing this when people may not return to theaters at the level that they were before that's the thing I mean I know I'm itching to get out of this apartment and go to the movie theater believe me like very few people in this world yeah. miss movie theaters as much as I do but are you really going to run out? Like, if Tenet comes out in July and the, the, and the Ga- uh, Governor Newsom lifts the order on July 1st or July 4th, are you actually going to go two or three weeks later to see Tenet? I mean, it, it depends on the theater. I, I think I would be selective with what theater I choose. Uh, I think that the theaters that already have reserved seating in place uh, make it a lot easier because they can literally just block out rows and, and swap seat seat breaks and all that other stuff um they've they've gotta they got they have to prove that they're doing something proper when it comes to the cleaning between theaters um because i think that's i think we can all agree that that's been a problem with theaters forever uh they don't really clean as well as you would hope they would uh so now they actually have to do it the cloth seats are an issue you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, question marks there. They may have to put plastic coverings over every goddamn seat and yeah. then take the plastic out and, and throw it out after. I was reading last night, uh, the Florida Film Commission is suggested a bunch of stuff for production to return, and the first line item they said was, throw out director's chairs and replace them with plastic because we can disinfect the plastic right. instead of the canvas bags. So I wanted to, to talk to you about that because you're obviously someone who, who knows his way around a set and is instrumental in Collider Video's production. Um, you know, how, how do we return to set safely? Like, what sort of precautions are, are we talking about here? I mean, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I've been reading, like, a lot of... There's, there's been a lot... The unions are starting to talk about all the precautions. I mean certain productions are talking about it. Like Tyler Perry came out with a whole list of what he's doing in his Atlanta studio uh, where he's sequestering people. Cause he actually, his studio is an old military base and he can like actually has beds that he can like kind of lock them on the set. Also my favorite part of the Tyler Perry notice was that he acknowledged that his his multicam sitcoms, they shoot 22 episodes in two and a half weeks. <laughs> They shoot two two a day for two and a half weeks, and they do a whole season. So, yeah. like he's yeah. working, he's working in a different environment. It's a non-union house, uh, and you know he can work a lot faster. Uh, so, he's got a whole set of precautions in place for his stuff. Uh, I was reading the Florida stuff last night. They've got a. They were talking about like things as as strict as when actors are being placed for uh, lighting and their 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 marks and whatnot to putting plastic barriers up to protect in between the actors. Like those, like those plastic drum sound barriers that you see at a concert, like just putting them in, in between like dividers uh, okay. while people are standing there and then pulling them out right before they shoot. So like be, until testing is widespread and, and LA, LA County is actually now offering free testing for anyone in LA County, whether or not you have symptoms. My wife's going this afternoon. Um, so I'll let you know how, how it goes, uh, if it takes her six hours or what. Um, but until widespread rapid testing is available, uh, it's going to be hard. I mean, I, I was just reading the voice on NBC is starting up, uh, shows in their studio. Again, the judges are going to remain home. Their performances are going to happen on the stage and they're going to, test the crew and everyone on set twice a day and put colored wristbands on to show that they've passed their test that during that half day. Uh And they're going from a normal compliment, I think with the audience of 450 people 
on the set to 30 spread out over two sound stages. So like, I mean, what does this do to the multicam sitcom? They're never going to have like, or a Saturday night live when late night talk shows with the live audience. Like I don't see a scenario where the audiences return for the, this kind of stuff anytime soon. Um, I don't see a scenario where uh, single cam production is really tough uh, when you're going on location for shoots. Uh, a lot, a lot of talk has been made about only filming on a soundstage or a back lot and keeping everything contained. Right. Uh, whereas, like, but like the 20th Century Fox lot doesn't really have a back lot. All the shows that all the shows at 20th Century Fox, uh, like the Modern Family, which just ended, or Single Parents, and all all, all those shows uh, have to go into the neighborhood to film their exteriors at the houses because they don't have a back lot like Universal does. So. How do you make that work? You can't travel into someone's house on a regular basis to shoot all this stuff with because it's going to cross-contaminate and people are going to get worried. I mean, I, I don't see a scenario where location filming is even allowed for a year at this point, like, which is going to change everything. Not for film and especially for television, but for film, I mean, it's, it's a whole new ballgame. I mean, I read it like I, I was – just talking with Steph yesterday and it was like it really hadn't hit me just how I think different life is going to be after this <laughs> and forever uh and uh you know I, I also read something on CNN last night that said it's going to be two years before this is you know this this dies down which seems like everyone thinks it's going to be like oh we're gonna have a, a great summer like <laughs> I mean yeah I think I mean most of the uh, most of the the stuff that I've read, it's like there, there's definitely going to be another wave. The question is whether or not they have testing and vaccines ready in time for that second wave, whether it's mm-hmm. flu season in the fall or the winter or, or if it's another outbreak because people don't listen to social distance guidelines. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm itching to go to a bowling alley right now. Uh, I am. People are saying bowling alleys are done. How, yeah. like, how does bowling even continue unless you bring your own ball? I mean, it's, it's, it's everything changes. If you, if you start to extrapolate all the possibilities, like there, there are so many just daily activities that you don't even realize are, are problematic in this new world order. Um, and, and it's the, unknown, it's the fear of the unknown. I mean, if, if, if you and I could order a test kit, you know, the same way that you go get a, you know, a pregnancy test at the, at the, at the, at the CVS or whatever, yeah. the grocery store, then it'd be a whole different thing. Like it, like it's, it's the, it's the fear that we don't know how we're going to get out of this. And then how that kind of changes everyone's thought patterns in the process. It's, 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 crazy um all right so what, what what minute mark are we at around 40 minutes i probably that sounds right all right so we got about 20 minutes left in the in the show um let's see what what did i want to talk about here i mean what other news i know you you, you broke that that thurber thing yesterday was that you uh, yeah, no, I did the spy versus spy story. Yeah. So that, was, that was Big Daddy calling. Um, <laughs> not Adam Sandler. Uh, yes, no, so... so <laughs> Rothen, uh Marshall Thurber is going to be directing the spy versus spy movie. This is something that's been in development for like 10 years at least over at uh, Warner Brothers and Imagine. In fact, <laughs> between us, when I, when I first hit up Warner between Brothers... Between us? Just... Between us and yeah. the viewers of the Snyder Cut podcast... When I reached out to Warner Brothers, they sent me to New Line. They were like, I don't think this is ours. New Line, is this you? And New Line's like, nope, not us. And then it was like, uh, yeah, this is a Warner Brothers movie. It's just, you know, super, super old. Yeah. Um, and Spy vs. Spy makes a lot of sense for, for Ross, and I think he did Central Intelligence. Uh, you know, it just, it seems like... We're watching Dodgeball, like, two nights ago on HBO. I mean, he's not, he's making the biggest, I guess, as short of Scorsese, the biggest Netflix movie ever, right? Yeah, yeah. This is an even bigger budget than than Michael Bay's Six Underground. I think this has got Ryan Reynolds plus The Rock and Gal Gadot. So yeah. not just Dave Franco anymore, right? Shotgun. 
Yeah, that's it's it. Did Red notice? Did they finish principal photography? No, they had to suspend filming. So as soon as you know the, the uh, production is able to resume uh, and people feel safe on set, they will resume that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't. I, international, you know, globe trotting movie. Exactly like you said. Are they going to be able to to do that? I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's it, it's a it's a real question. I mean, I feel like feel like we're going to be getting a lot of like CG backplates and, you know, digital crowds and, and the VFX teams are going to be, you know, putting down their, putting down their, uh, their animal fur technology uh, for a bit while they, while they just create scenes because I feel like more and more stuff is just going to be forced to do green screen, whether they want to or not. Right. You know, I had a VFX guy reach out and it's like, I think if they were someone who, who was working on a Netflix movie uh, or project that, that shut down mm-hmm. and everyone's wondering, like, you know, we saw, this was more than a month ago. All the companies came out and said, we've got a hundred million dollar relief fund, Netflix, hundred million dollar relief fund, Sony, yeah. NBC, Universal, Warner Media. How many people out there are like, we're not seeing any of this money. Where is, where is it going to? It's the same. I mean, it's, it's, it's not much different than, than the problems that we're hearing about with the, the PPP small business loans. Uh, And exactly. It's like, so, and I'm not saying that these companies aren't taking care of their employees because they are. The problem is that so many, particularly in the VFX community are third party vendors. Yeah. And, And those third parties, I think that Netflix actually specifically said that some of their relief fund would go towards third parties. But I think if there's, it's a larger percentage of the workforce than Hollywood would care to admit. And yeah. I do think that those people are being taken care of. I mean, I think that they've been historically taken advantage of for many years in the VFX community. Um, and I think that it, it's not, not surprising that, this, that it would ha- go out in this way uh, right now. But um, visual effects actually reminded me because there were a bunch of, weren't there a bunch of Oscar changes this week? Uh, there were a bunch of Oscar changes, so this, but but nothing. Finally got the stunts. Effect. The sound no, finally no 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 stunts. Although you know th- there could be more changes down the line. They, now they have one fewer award because they combine right. these sound categories. Sound editing and sound mixing will now just be best sound. Uh, although that award will go up to six people, including you know uh, editors and mixers. Oh oh oh! So they increased the number of. I believe so. The same number of, of awards can be awarded because I think it was yeah. Emax before. Right. Yeah. 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 So that makes like that makes sense. Advisor and two editors sure. or two mixers sure. or whatever. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It works. Um. Yeah. No. What else happened uh, with the Oscars? Uh, like you know, they they are now allowing everybody to uh, to vote for the best international film nominees. Before it was like a panel of people that did it who had to prove. I think right. seen a certain amount or, or whatever, and then people, you know, the, the the larger membership voted from the nominees, but now they get to influence those nominees. Do you think that that's going to change the nominations? Because uh, didn't they do that a couple of years ago with the documentary category? I think it's going to be it's good. It's it's going to be you know more of a popularity contest. There there will, there won't be as many movies where you're like, what you know, what is that? I haven't heard of that, but it turns out to be great. Um, you know, it's going to go to the higher profile foreign language movies and those movies are really going to have to spend, you know, to, to become that must-see title, whether it's, right. you know, regardless of its quality. Um, because the okay. more people have seen it, the more people are inclined to vote for it if they like it. Has the Oscar, have the Oscars changed, uh, made any announcements about the change to their FYC campaigns this year? Because I know the Emmys said that they've canceled all, all events around voting that like no FYC events for the Emmys this year. At I all. don't know about, uh, you know, that stuff, particularly because I don't know how like zoom is not part of like the Academy bylines, you know, like as far as, uh, event stuff, like it's all in-person stuff. Yeah. Like, you have food at your thing or, you yep. know, you have to have a screening attack, but now if it's just zoom, like, is that a way to circumvent absolutely everything? And you can be zooming with Leonardo DiCaprio who's stumping for, you know, whatever it is. I, I, they actually in when the when the Emmys announced it, they said specifically that you couldn't. They they were also outlawing like filmed or recorded or live streamed uh, uh, events of any kind. So I okay, think that, that would also so that, that would spill down. So I don't know if the Oscars are going to follow suit or if they they're ho- holding out hope that maybe by January December 
we can do some in-person events, but talk about a, a group of people who are high risk, the Oscar voting body, like a room right. for the Oscar voting body. Old, is worse than older a, people. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a hotbed. And I think Nellie actually wrote an interesting piece about how productions, there may be fewer older cast members on set be, mm-hmm. and, and, and crew members, frankly. Yeah. Uh, and, and ageism was already rampant in, in the industry. So that's kind of scary to think about, you know, just erasing older actors from the picture because they're more susceptible. More I heard, I heard some, some productions are considering for the time being, like television productions are considering uh, nixing, nixing guest cast for mm-hmm. the time being and only, only using their, their, their primary principal members uh, for safety reasons, which makes sense, but it also shuts out an entire group of people that would normally be working as, as guest cast or extras or, you know, the ripple effect for all of the people that are affected, Mm -hmm. uh, background talent. And and I'm I'm assuming, I mean, stunts are probably, I think everything's just, I think creatively they're just going to write smaller projects. Like they're going to rework their stuff to be smaller so that they don't have to deal with a lot of the, the 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 unknown like the the quantity un hard to quantity quantity quanti- what am I saying I don't know <laughs> I need another coffee it's uh yeah but like the like the the pieces of the production that are going to be more difficult and more challenging um they might just they might just cut it completely getting back to the Oscar changes uh, they got rid of or this is they announced this is going to be the last year with physical DVD screeners I believe. <sighs> Which, you know, I love getting those screeners, but you know. Know, if it's easier to get them digitally, like I'm all for that too. Uh, and then the big thing is that VOD titles are going to be eligible. So this movie, right. uh, you know, the, the, the Pete Davidson, Judd Apatow movie that was intended for theatrical release. That is the important part. So a movie that was never going theatrical, it was always slated to be on VOD. That is not suddenly eligible. It has to be intended, and they, you know, they have the calendar and what that calendar was at least supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so like the Hugh Jackman movie. Did you watch Bad Education on, on HBO? Yes, I thought it was incredible, and I am so disappointed that it wasn't ever intended to be theatrical. Because I, yeah. So, so was, no, I think it's the best performance of Hugh's career. I think so too. I think he was excellent. It's a very, very good movie. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't, uh, you know, seen it yet, go on HBO and check out Bad Education. But that's going to be competing for like an Emmy and a Golden Globe on the TV side, right? Yeah, and I and and I think the Emmys, the Emmys have split movie and miniseries uh, again. So I uh, oh, okay. because of the the rebirth of the limited series and stuff. So so it'll be on an e- it'll be on an equal footing. They won't have to be going up against the Chernobyl kind of style show, but. Um, yeah, I, I just think that it was it didn't feel like you watch some HBO movies and it feels like a TV movie. Like like that that string of Pacino movies that he did. Where sure. It was like Joe Paterno and then he was Kevorkian and stuff. Like um those felt like TV movies and which I love. I, I very much enjoy watching a TV movie. Uh but it, it it's a very different type of film. Uh this easily could have been a theatrical release. It obviously right. From a monetary standpoint, I understand why they, you know, went with the high bid to send it to HBO. But like, uh, it, it's just it's it's kind of kind of sad. I wonder if HBO Max once HBO Max comes out, if they're going to follow kind of the Netflix route and try to sneak a few films into eligibility by doing like a short window, right. um, to see if they can compete in the same way that that Netflix does. We know HBO Max has the Melissa McCarthy movie, Super Intelligence. They also uh, just picked up this week the uh, Seth Rogen movie and American Pickle. Uh, I wonder if HBO Max is going to be the type of streamer that chases Oscars the way Netflix and Amazon are doing. I mean, I I feel like chasing awards has become almost as important to these streamers as chasing subscribers. Like it, because they're all looking for the top tier talent. And if they, if they can acquire top tier talent, then, then it's great. I mean, like that, the new Scorsese movie is still currently at Paramount, right? Uh, right. Exactly. They haven't found anybody new to, to pay for it as far as I know. Yeah. It's an expensive proposition uh, for a lot of people, particularly, you know, the Irishman didn't win anything. No, it's true. 
you know, uh, and, and this movie may be, it may be even tougher given the subject matter. So yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. I am going to be curious to see what happens with that Scorsese movie. Uh, I wanted to run down the headlines for the last 10 minutes of the show. There was a lot going on. I can't believe we didn't get to any of it. Um, Gina Rodriguez starring in a movie called the aliens are stealing our weed. Did you see that story? (laughs) No, but I love the title. Yeah, it's great. It's got weed. It's got aliens. It's got Gina Rodriguez. I mean, that's a, go, that's a go picture right there. Like, uh, the, what more do you need? Uh, yeah, Paramount bought that spec, and it's from the writer of The Eternals. That's one of the Marvel movies that got delayed. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, the Tiffany Haddish, Eric Andre movie, Bad Trip. That's oh, yeah, that was a South leaked. by. It, w- it was going to be a South by. Apparently, it leaked on Amazon. They put it up early, and they mm-hmm. realized it quickly and took it down, but at the same time, you know, pirates notice, and it's, and it's now been pirated. So I wonder if that's going to cost MGM further millions on top of, uh, you know, the, 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 I think it's going to cost them $30 million to delay the James Bond movie. Oh, wow. Uh, do, you think that that was, do you think that was real? I don't want to be conspiratorial, but, like, do you think that they – because it, it's a movie about pranks. It's from, like, the creators of the jackass, know, like, bad grandpa a little buzz, a little, Build a little buzz, maybe? I mean, I haven't heard about it since it – since South by like I hadn't heard that title mentioned at all. I didn't know it was going to Amazon. I had no clue. I don't know. I think, I think, uh, but I also don't know if MGM wanted to lose money on pirates. Yeah, I think exactly. I think it's being torrented. I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing for this movie. Um, Adam Sandler, it was buried in this little story. He's producing this movie, Dan Pan for Netflix. I didn't know what it was about. So we didn't even bother writing about it. Space jam Two unveiled a new logo. Are you watching yeah. the Jordan doc? I don't have ESPN. It's one of the only channels. I, I, I'm not a big sports guy, and so I save a ton of money by getting rid of the sports channels. I don't have ESPN athlete. either, but I, I, you know, I think I use my brother's cable login. Yeah. I'm gonna do, digital. It's 10, it's 10 episodes, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try to binge them all or binge them in a couple parts uh, with, like – Pretty great. Yeah. Pretty yeah. great. I wonder if he's going to talk about Space Jam at all. Uh, Ron Howard directing 13 Lives. This is a, a movie about the Thai cave rescue. There's a few projects in the works. One from the creators of Free Solo, one from Kevin McDonald. Uh, I mean, are you excited to see this story dramatized? I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't see it, to be honest with you. Did you see 33, the Miners movie? I didn't. It's basically, I mean, this is just like the 33 with younger people who's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if the, the language thing will be a barrier for, for English speaking audiences, you know, who traditionally don't support foreign, foreign films, unfortunately, uh, although yeah. Parasite was an exception to that rule, obviously. Um, yeah, the, the, the Thai cave movie, I mean, it makes sense for Ron Howard. He's had luck with the number 13 before, Apollo 13, but sure. I don't know. Um, there's a rival Boeing 737 Max documentaries in, in the works. This is like the like new Fire Fest all over again. Netflix is doing one. Participant is doing one. Uh, Focus, another universal company, is sending the high note to VOD. It sounds like, judging from reports, I don't think there's been a formal announcement about that. But that also makes a lot of sense. That's the Dakota Johnson, Tracy Ellis Ross movie. Oh, I say. okay. Ice Cube, that that could be on VOD next month. Uh, Adam Driver starring in Jeff Nichols' next movie, Yankee Commandante. Did you see Midnight Special? No, it's been on my list forever, and I haven't, I haven't seen it. What do you think of Adam Driver as an actor? Are you impressed? Do you think he could win an Oscar one day? I think he could with the right material. Did you watch Girls? Yeah, I loved him in Girls. Yeah, okay, he was great. He was great. Um, Transformers does is doing an animated prequel. Uh, I guess that's been in the works actually for a few years, but now it has a director because it's moving forward. It's a lot easier to do animation apparently right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can work remotely a lot, a lot, a lot easier and do the VO separately and everything. Right. So they landed a, a Toy Story Four director, Josh Cooley. I really like Toy Story Four. Were you a fan of that one? Did you yeah, that? I did. I thought it was a really good. I didn't expect to like it, but I liked it a lot. Um, Harrison Ford, uh, flying onto other people's runways. What is up with this guy? <laughs> I mean, I, I saw so many tweets that were basically like, how, how, how long do, does it take before we all just realize Harrison Ford's trying to go? Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just, he keeps doing this. Like, I don't know why he has, still has a pilot's license. Uh, I don't, 
I don't get it. Yeah, the uh, FAA's got to launch an investigation into this guy. He's going to get somebody killed. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not safe at this point. Uh, Wes Ball, the, the Maze Runner director, directing something called The First 15 Lives of Harry August. It kind of has like a Groundhog Day feel where a guy lives the same life over and over and over. He has to figure out, I don't know what the hell. These movies are all kind of the same, aren't they? I mean, I, I feel like I've seen more Groundhog Day premises lately than I did in the mid-90s after the movie came. Right, the Andy Samberg movie coming out, Palm Springs, is supposed to be another one of those movies. Uh, I haven't seen that one yet. Really good. I didn't see it. At, I didn't see it at Sundance. You, were you Were you there for the Joe Carnahan screening? Yes, I was. What did you think of that movie? I think it'll be. Yeah. A, I think it's a fine movie. It, it 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 is a fine movie for Netflix. Yeah. Okay. They, they really want theatrical. I think it is a perfect Netflix movie. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, did you watch? Did you see Extraction? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, we can talk extraction for a minute. Uh, I thought it was good. I liked it, but I mean, it was really just the action. Everything else was so stupid. Yeah, it was. It was two really, really good action sequences. I thought they. I thought that the big sequences were fantastic. Uh, I thought that Hemsworth was, you know, fine and and. Yeah, he was good. Um, I, I also liked uh, the Indian guy. I'm not, I forget, forget the character's name. Yeah, that guy was a badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Again, it was a really good Netflix movie. With the last shot, though, who do you think is there in the last shot watching The Boy? Uh, well, yeah, because we did a couple of interviews with... The, we did an interview with... Spoiler warning. We did an ep- interview with Russo. What would you say? I'm doing a spoiler warning for... Although yeah, I, haven't I, seen I, it, a zillion people have already seen this movie since it's on Netflix. Yeah, I think it's like the number one... Good guy on or bad guy, though? Oh, I think it's a good guy. I think so, too. I think it's clearly implied to be Hemsworth. Yeah, I mean, the director said that they filmed it multiple ways and then, and then test, tested it and went with the ambiguous way. Yeah, I mean, that was the right way. I like that because my girlfriend was like, oh, th- those are the bad guys who are, like, you know, keeping tabs on this kid because, uh, you know, that threat was always going to be there if they just returned him to his dad. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, no, that is clearly a good guy watching it for him. Um... Oh, also, Irfan Khan died this week. Really sad. Yep. He was really good in, in Slumdog Millionaire, Life of Pi. I never saw The Lunchbox, but I heard he was wonderful in that. And this other film, I think it was The Warrior. Uh, any uh, favorite performances of his? I mean, yeah, I think he, uh, Slum, uh, Slumdog is definitely the one that sticks out. Uh, I think that it was, yeah, he was a really, really impressive actor uh, in that film. And, and I, I saw, was it, was it Hank's? Hanks that did a tribute to him talking uh there was a story that was going around about about him see, meeting up with him in an award show and saying like he was going to steal all of his steal his his tone the way he spoke softly in films and stuff because then he would be considered like somewhat <laughs> of a somewhat of a good enough actor uh <laughs> i have not seen that story now i gotta track it down it yeah. sounds like a tom hanks thing thing to do yeah uh, we- we have a few more minutes uh, in this episode. Uh, David Leach producing this movie, Fast and Loose, about a, a guy in, with amnesia who wakes up in Tijuana and he's got two lives. One as an, a CIA agent and one as like a drug kingpin. That sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that premise a bunch. Uh, there's a couple yeah. of TV shows and stuff, but if they do it well, I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we and we did a Collider Connected uh, with him this week, uh, with him and Chad Stahelski. Yeah. So check that out on Collider if you haven't. Yeah, we also ran a uh, a list of the Paul Thomas Anderson movies ranked. I did not agree with the number one. <laughs> Neither did I. What's your favorite uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Uh, I, oof, I mean, I think I kind of have, it's either Magnolia or... I'm really partial to the master. Oh wow, you're one of those people. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I, I, I don't. His worst movies are still better than most everything else on the planet. But sure, of course. Let's 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 credit you with Magnolia. Let's give you your first. <laughs> uh, for me, it's between Magnolia and Boogie Nights. But I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I just wanted to be difficult, difficult, difficult by not saying Boogie. I know you did. Uh, Daft Plunk, uh, Daft Plunk, Daft Punk scoring Dario Argento's Black Glasses. Uh, I've, I've never really loved Argento's stuff. 
yeah. not a big giallo guy, but I do like Daft Punk. They're cool. Um, man, uh, after our last episode, there was a bunch of Sony Spider-Man and Marvel dates that were shuffled. Like, I, and it really did, did seem like Disney was doing Sony a solid uh, by giving them like some of their dates. I, I think that that conversation was definitely had. I mean, you don't want to have, you're not going to have two Spider-Man properties bumping up against each other, especially, especially because they did figure it out. Like Feige's still helping them produce these movies, right? Like he's not, they're not doing them completely independently. Uh, even, even the Venoms, I mean, they're still talking. So of course they're not going to step on each other. Right. Sony, uh, I mean, Disney and Marvel are invested in, in the way that Sony uses the character and when yeah. and all that. Uh, by the way, did you watch the middle ditch and Schwartz stuff? Yeah, I saw you tweeting about it. But yeah, I've seen two of the three. And I, I love both those guys. And uh, they're, I, I fully adored both of the ones that I've seen so far. I think the second one's a little bit funnier than the first one because it's kind of off the rails. Uh, the first one's a little bit more linear uh, in the way they're telling the story. Um, but as someone that, that has always been impressed by improv actors uh, and never really that good at it personally... Uh, I was really impressed to watch them work, and it was fun. See, I'm one of those arrogant assholes who thinks that they could go to UCB and be, yeah. like, the best guy on, on the pack sketch team or some shit. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, am generally wary of improv when it's done well, you know, and, and people have chemistry. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, these, these two have they, – they did have some chemistry, but I, I really only watched for, like, 10, 15 minutes, and I was like, I can't do this. Mm. can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but uh, if, you, if, if, if you like either of them or you, you like some funny improv stuff, yeah. like, it's, it's really well done. I, I appreciate the, uh, the long, well-done long-form improv. I do like both those guys. Maybe I'll try a different episode. Mission, and seven, uh, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 were delayed, uh, mainly because production had to shut down. Who knows if they're going to end up going back to Italy. Ryan Reynolds taking over an old Tom Cruise project called Our Name is Adam that will reteam him with Free Guy director Sean Levy. Are you excited for Free Guy? I mean, sure. It's, I mean, I'm not ex- excited the wrong word. I, I, I will see it, probably. Okay. Lord of the Flies, the movie that they've been developing for an all-female cast. They're going back to the book. It's going to be all guys. Uh, that's, you know, maybe it's for the best, but I was kind of looking forward to a different take on things. We talked about SNL at home. I really like that Miley Cyrus. Really like that Pink Floyd cover this week. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, David Gordon Green doing an HBO uh, series based on Hellraiser. This made no sense to me at the time. It still doesn't make any sense to me. I watched Hellraiser this week for the first time. Wasn't a big fan. It's not my genre, but, you know, it's, I, I mean, he he's proven he could revive Halloween. So it makes sense from that perspective. Is this going HBO Max or is this HBO Prime? proper HBO. They're looking, like, they've been looking to do something dark for a while. I think Demimond was another thing that they were trying to do. Uh, anyways, I, I don't know. It's just not, not for me. I don't really like horror television. We talk more about that on with with Mark Riley on his podcast Camp Blood. You can check that out wherever Mark Riley's podcasts are found. I also would recommend Dorian Parks launching a podcast this week. Parks and recommendations. Uh, any other plugs for for you and your friends, Thad? Uh, well, the season finale of Eating History uh, is next week. Makuga show. I don't know if you, have you watched it. It's very, I've very. Maybe four or six episodes. I want to finish it. It's. I, like, I, I, I binged through a couple of them this week, uh, and they're highly entertaining. Uh, if for no other reason than just to watch their reactions when they eat this crap. Sure. But they did one with Oreo, old Oreos, uh, this past week that was oh. very funny. I uh, I really like it. I you know I think Makuga's hilarious. He's really good on the show. I just had some Oreos that were like one week stale, so I can only imagine uh, it didn't taste very good. So I, I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to eat old Oreos. Where can the good folks find you at home, Thad? Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm just here. You literally find you at home, but yeah, just ring my doorbell. <laughs> your address. <laughs> uh, you can you can yell at me at Thad Williams. Uh, two D's, two L's. <laughs> two D's, two L's. Yeah. That should be on your business cards. I am uh, the Insider on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Cameo. And, uh, yeah, I did a couple of things. I did a JTE trivia match about Pulp Fiction on Video Drew's channel. You can check that out. I was on the Call to Action podcast recently or last oh, week talking, talking shit about Ben Bateman. 
And I did a podcast with Todd Garner. I don't know if that's out yet, but uh, he had me on his producer's podcast, even though I produced nothing of note. And uh, thank you to him for, for doing that. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Snyder Cut. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And I will see you next Friday if that works. Shop Black Friday week deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the Big One Throws, $8.49. Toastmaster Small Appliances are just $2.14 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code Enjoy15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.